everybody. Welcome to Hollywood Sports Mom. We're glad to have you back. And we have a show today that I've been so excited about. Excited for months, but I might even say years when we get into what we're going to talk about. But I wanted to say hello and um, welcome to our guest today, who is Ren McMurdo Brignac. Hi, Ren. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for joining today. And I know you're joining us from beautiful Seattle. How's, how's Seattle life? It's good. It's It's been cloudy here. It's been a very wet um, summer and spring so far. It was weird because last year it was 108 degrees here and this year it's 58 degrees oh that's my kind of weather though (laughs) yeah it feels good I I feel I'm wearing long sleeves so yeah yeah I like I like it dark I I can I can handle the rain we're in uh the Carolinas and it's like completely humid I came in wearing a, a um a winter hat and Drago's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, that helps with the hair frizz. Like, <laughs> I don't care that it's 90 degrees. Everyone's looking at me in stores like, why is she wearing a winter hat? But it keeps it from getting poofy. Anyway, the things we learned. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for joining. And I have to say, I am I am so intrigued by you and what you do and the way you express yourself and the um, art you put out into the world and the messages you put out in the world. and. And I know on your website, which is um, darkdaystarot.com, um, for those of you who aren't quite catching that, it's Dark Days Tarot, like tarot cards is what most of you call them, but they're tarot cards, right, Ren? Tarot, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, so, is what it looks like. Okay, yeah. so it's darkdaystarot.com. I love your website. I love the vibe, the photos. I mean, the photos, I feel like I'm being transported back to 1920, which is so cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love vintage vibes. So. Yeah. It's well done. It's well done. So you um, describe yourself as an illustrator, a creator, an artist, even a, a witch. I've seen. And would you say, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly too, because there's a whole kind of new world for me in a way. Empath? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay. And I read about how you're a follower of the lunar, the moon cycle, um, which is also a time for what I've read about reflection and deep um, intuitive knowledge, right? Right. Okay. And I have been searching for someone just like you to come on and actually searching for someone like you to talk to for years because um, I've always had this very deep intuitive side to me and to the point where a lot of my coworkers who will be watching this were freaked out for years because it was almost like I could kind of predict things or I knew they would happen before they did, but I couldn't quite channel it to tell them it was going to happen. But I knew it was like it, I thought about it and then it happened the next day. And and it kind of became wild. And they kept saying, you got to talk to someone about this. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on. And I'm going to let you talk in a minute. But I read an article and you were profiled. And as soon as you know, there, there were a bunch of people who, you know, are in this field profiled, but your profile and a couple words in it stuck out to me. And I was like, this, this is my girl. And, and then I want you to speak to it. But you said that your intuitive moments come to you as quick impulses, and they sometimes leave you in a flood of tears. 
Yeah. Yeah. I have always equated my emotions and my feelings to deeper knowing, you know, I've, I'll be, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, one time I was in a very, um, we'll call it um, tumultuous relationship. There was unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where I knew because I started having, they were out of town and I started having all these emotions. I was just like, oh my God, I'm having, I'm afraid. I am, I want to cry. I'm angry. Like mm-hmm. all these feelings started happening before they happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So, then I got this phone call four hours later, you know, hey, I'm not coming home tonight, that kind of thing. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but rest. it's just, you know, and then sometimes it's it's not, it doesn't have to do with my emotions. It's it's also just kind of a cerebral thing sometimes, like waiting tables for years. I feel like a lot of other servers will attest to this. After a while, you just kind of know what people are going to order because it's just something in the air. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the you put thoughts into a thought cloud. So there's, I believe there's pseudoscience behind all of this as well. Metaph- metaphysics mm-hmm. where, you know, there's thing, there are things happening psychically that we call woo-woo, but really it's very real and... Um, I don't know if that's how you experience it mm-hmm. as you know, floods of emotions, but also maybe other things as well. But yeah, definitely the tears. Yeah. And and when I read that, your intuitive moments come to you as quick impulses. Exactly what happens to me. I mean, I, I don't think about this stuff. I will just be, you know, randomly driving one day or, and I'm going to give you some stories in a minute, but where I think of someone, maybe I haven't thought of them in 35 years and then something happens to them the next day, you know, or or something like that, where I'm like, okay, that's a little bit, it's not like it was a friend from a year ago. That was decades. Like what made me think of that person almost, is it energies? Is that a right word to use? Like we're all connected by energies? Okay. Definitely. Yeah. And the the whole universe is, Mm -hmm. you know, out against each other. So Mm -hmm. a thought can absolutely travel light light years, you know, in a, in a snap of an instant. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe it. And and on top of it, I think I then read that you're a, a Cancer, a Cancerian sign, as am I. So happy late birthday. <laughs> happy late birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also read that you were, um, you know, having thoughts and with your partner um, about uh, parenthood, you know, and whether you'll go that route and a fertility journey. And of course I, um, right when I read about you, I had just taped three episodes on my fertility journey, which was pretty wild and twisty turny. It ended up a success. So that's great. But, um, I thought, oh my gosh, she's a (laughs) July birthday. She's, you know, talking about fertility and that kind of stuff. And then you're your thoughts on your intuition, I said, okay, we just, um, we need to get on together. And then I read somewhere that Cancerians experience heightened emotional and empath abilities, um, besides being nurturing, gentle, and sensitive, which of course we are. Definitely. Yeah. All the water signs are feelers. I mean, I think all signs are, are 
you know, psychic in in their own way um, or deeply intuitive, you could also say, but water signs in particular, Cancers, Pisces, Scorpios are deep feelers and they, they're more empathic. So they can feel people's emotions. Um, it can get a little overwhelming sometimes to be around big groups of people because you're just like, oh my God, if this person's that way and this person's that, you know, and it, it's a flood kind of a feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a cancer thing to be in like a homebody or to be really yeah, into totally. being a mom because yeah. you're so heart stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's interesting you just brought up Scorpio because I didn't know that. And I have a bunch of nieces, but I have one niece who often comes to me. She's a Scorpio. And she says, you know, you always talked about this stuff and I have the same things happening. And she'll only talk to me about it because I relate. So it's I can't wait for her to hear this because now she'll be like, OK, it it, it really does make sense. Um, so tell me first, I mean, give me the the cliff notes education on tarot cards, because I don't know much about them. I mean, just random stuff I may have read online, but you know this world, you've designed your own set. So just tell me how it all works. Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. Um, Tarot cards are a deck of cards. They're um, very similar to a deck of playing cards, except there's an extra suit, but Mm -hmm. there are the four main suits that are really similar to um, a deck of playing cards. Like there's hearts, Mm -hmm. clubs, and diamonds, Mm -hmm. and then there's swords, um, cups, pentacles, and wands. And those differ from deck to deck. People get creative. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's the fifth suit, which um, are called the major arcana. These are not included in, these are in tarot cards, not regular playing card decks. Mm-hmm. And um, those tell kind of a major story of like the, of human life. So there's the fool, which is first, and then there's the world, which is kind of the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And all of the cards kind of fall into place. You can pull cards randomly, and that's kind of the nature of life. It doesn't necessarily go in order, but right. it, it that's kind of the story of the chair. And then the smaller suits, kind of like the playing card suits, are kind of day-to-day or minor themes. Mm-hmm. So um, cups cards are about the, motion, the heart and the emotions. Swords cards are kind of strife and overcoming challenges. Mm-hmm. Wands are um, creative endeavors, fertility, stuff like that. Like think of like creation. Right. And then pentacles are resources and money and groundedness and, you know, everything from real estate to career and stuff like that. So it's really interesting just before even thinking about the metaphysical part of it, mm-hmm. the just looking at the cards and thinking of it as an artist, which is kind of my, my, how I got into the tarot deck because I really wanted a big project mm-hmm. that I could complete. And I love magical stuff and I identify as a pagan, you know, mm-hmm. slash witch. Mm-hmm. So that really fed into kind of my whole, you know, lifestyle. So, but just the story of the cards. So people collect the cards because they collect different decks because it's so it's so cool how different people identify or mm-hmm. you know, see this 
see the human life, see the story of life. So what you do is you shuffle the cards. You can do this with a reader or by yourself. Um, a reader might identify as somebody who's a psychic reader that tell, they'll tell you kind of what the cards mean. Or they can be just a reader reader. A lot of people just tell you what the cards mean without pulling any psychic meaning from it. They're mm -hmm. just like, well, this is what this card means. And then oftentimes the person being read for kind of makes connections. And it's like, oh, that's so cool and serendipitous that that card showed right. up right when I'm thinking about this. And that's what's kind of eerie and cool about the tarot cards is they tend to, they feel really serendipitous. They mm -hmm. feel like, oh, that's, that can't be a coincidence. Right. Uh, so there's magic to them for sure. And you can approach them either with a reader, but I like, I often like to just do it by myself. So mm -hmm. if I have a question about lights, like I'm really struggling with a question or a choice, or I'm embarking on a fertility journey and like the, un the not knowing and mm -hmm. Is excruciating. It's, you know, so I pull cards to help me feel kind of a sense of control and, and they're almost always right. Wow. I you love know, that. I, I pulled some cards on that, um, this last round of, um, an IUI treatment and I pulled the five of cups, which if people, if you read tarot cards, you know what the five of cups means, but it's it's kind of a sad card. And mm -hmm. in one of my decks, it's a it's a which is called the mother deck, um, which is a very much about fertility. The the mm -hmm. the deck itself is about creation, mm -hmm. um, but it has a lot of roots in fertility. In my kind of where do I go with this in my life? Mm -hmm. And um, the five of cups is a a mermaid laying on a beach with three red wine glasses spilled out over the mm -hmm. sand and they're very sad. And there are a couple of friends, mermaids off in the distance who are holding the other two wine glasses and mm -hmm. they're kind of, the friends are like, well, we're here for you. You know, this is not a forever sadness. You know, don't forget about your community. But in essence, it was a sad card and it, it you know, I got my cycle, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry. You know, I knew. I knew. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Like you can just try and yep. Try again. Yep. Yep. And I of course can have a whole offline with you about all of that and any Yeah. <laughs> any support you podcast. need. Oh like I listen to all your all your episodes and I'm just like, this is all I wanted to hear. You know, yeah. The journey is amazing. It's it's tough, but it's also like this is a, this is an amazing story, and I just feel honored to to listen to it. And I, you know, I feel like so many of us are on this journey late in life. I'm 38, mm -hmm. and it's so common now to be ready later in life, and and to find someone later in life, and or whatever it is, or just be ready later in life. Mm -hmm. So. We need these stories. We need stories like yours and mine and, yeah, you know, to hear it and talk about it. Yeah. So oh, please. You're welcome. And I'm I'm so grateful you watched them because it's exactly why I did them. Because, you know, just when you think you, you do one thing towards your fertility and it doesn't work out and you get sad, you know, you never know still what's ahead. And sometimes it works out quickly. Sometimes it doesn't. But I mean, I think you saw and um, 
or or heard. I mean, I had everything thrown at me, you know, I mean, everything. And I'm like, I'm not giving up. I'm winning this. Like, um, and, and we did. And it's funny because, you know, my son um, was one of our last embryos. Um, and, you know, so the doctors, you know, they kept choosing other ones before him, you know, oh, it looks better. Oh, it's a better grade, whatever. And he came out, he's such a fighter. I can't even tell you, you know, and I, I always joke and say, I think he's pissed off. Like, I think he knows the doctors, doctors left him for last. And he's like, I'm going to change his world, you know, and just prove all of you wrong and say, I was, you left me behind. You said my grade wasn't high enough. Well, I'll show you. I mean, he just has this attitude that's really sweet and funny like that. But I, I will say on the tarot card part and speaking of, of having my son, I went to a birthday party one time and there was someone there. Um, who had her cards. And I think we we all were able to pick one. And then she explained to us what they meant. And I had, I think it was when we just had Wellington, my son, it was, her birthday was February. So it was like five months later. And I picked a card. I had no idea what it meant. And she said something and you'll know what it is. And I, I'm going to say it wrong, but it was something along the lines of things don't need to be perfect. It's still going to be okay, or something like that, or someone will understand or something like that. And I was like, right away, like you're saying the serendipitous part, I said, oh my gosh, here I am. You know, I could not carry my, my own baby. And that always sticks on your mind. Like I have to, you know, explain that to my son someday and explain, you know, the power of the womanhood and how one of my wonderful friends, you know, carried him for me. And, um, and I got that card and I was like, you know, it just set me at ease. It was like the universe is telling me that Wellington's gonna, he's gonna be like, okay, mom, I got it, you know, <laughs> move on. Um, so it, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. When you're looking for signs, which is what you're doing when you're looking at cards you find them, you know, mm. and when you're looking for, I mean, when you're trying to have a, a child, that's like, all it is it just feels like all you're doing is looking for signs yeah for sure and um it's amazing how even without a pregnancy or anything like that this I feel like I've been on this journey since I started considering it many 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 years ago right right yeah you know as a teen and just the whole concept. I know I've had weird um cycles my whole life so I was kind of like hmm Mm-hmm. It might be a thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this can be a thing. Um, so I've been prepared somewhat, you know, to a small degree emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so there's no like surprise right. happening here. So there's no like, oh, well, everybody, I heard right. what you said about, right. you know, my family. They right. They were all fine. Oh. Right. Yeah, I come from Mormon women. Mm-hmm. I'm not Mormon, but my there's lots of Mormon women in my family, and you know Mormons big family. Really good at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, I was I've always been like kind of weirdly small. No one else is small in my family, and you know my cycles have been weird, long periods of amenorrhea throughout my life. So you know, I'm like, if this happens, then wow but I'm also in a gay relationship so I have a wife so she has a womb as well mm-hmm. so that's lucky yes it is <laughs> so if my if I don't work she might work exactly you know? so. exactly and and it's kind of like I said at the end of my episodes I said 
if you want to be a mom or you want to be parents, you'll get there. You know, you just have to start finding out what your path is and everyone's path is so different. Um, and you'll get there. I, I just yeah. want to let you know that you will. I have not a doubt in my mind. Um, Thank you. And yeah. so how, I mean, when you talk about your family, it did, is anyone else in your family, um, as, um, intuitive as you are? Do they have, you know, the, I call it a gift, you know, the gift that you have, or are you just the the lone ranger, so to speak? Yeah, I would say a lot of my family members are kind of secretly, you know, spiritual. Mm-hmm. My, um, you know, my aunt who just passed away, she was really into astrology and she, she knew things um, just deeply about all of us um, without really needing to ask or talk about it. Um, my great grandma, the um, my my great grandma was actually a really tragic story. Um, she she lived alone. She was she became pregnant out of wedlock mm-hmm. um, with my you know long time ago Mormon relatives. Right, 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 right. Small town, you know. So long she, time ago is all you have to say too. <laughs> On top yeah, of everything else, yeah. So, so she wound up on her own in the middle of the Sumerian desert in Idaho. Not desert. It's just the the plains. Um, growing her own, you know, running her own farm, um, raising her own baby all by herself. Um, so she developed some really interesting kind of religious spiritual practices of her own mm-hmm. and so find these books of hers that are just filled with all these notes of like how to just random stuff like how to you know help your cow um produce more milk right like, sanitation on a piece of paper and feed it to the cow you know so it's little wow. stuff like that you're like okay well she kind of had and she was out of box out of outside of the box thinker right religiously um i think a lot of my stuff comes and there's a lot of religious very steeply spiritual people in my life and i think in my family and i think that's the same kind of vibe just having a connection mm-hmm. even my, my catholic family they're also so deeply connected to spirit mm-hmm. i just am gay mm-hmm. so when i grew up i was like well none of that like works for me so um, right i tried you know traveling to India and I did some, you know, maybe I'll try, you know, other religions from around the world. Right. And I was like, no, I don't know. That's not really mine. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, I feel like I I picked up a book by a woman called Starhawk. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a really cool, like feminist um, which from who wrote these books in the seventies that just, you know, kind of changed my world and also not having my period forced me to, um, not forced me, but I started going to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have my period partially because I had anorexia in high school mm-hmm. and I was always seeing this really cool therapist and she was the one who turned me on to the moon. She was like, you know, 
women's cycle, if they're, you know, at least they did a while ago before birth control kind of took over our water system and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we used to cycle, you know, along with the tides and and the moon. So we're very connected to the moon. I was like, that's amazing. Right. And suddenly kind of like the female body became uh, something for me to, I was like, I, I, I was in awe and reverence of it all of a sudden. And um, so that kind of sparked this reverence, spirituality for just the, the womb and the, um, just the ability, just the reproduction in general and creation in general. I was like, this is just so amazing how mm-hmm. the earth, like, did, how the universe did this and the right. earth does this. And, you know, well, it's, it's, you remind me, and this could be a, a total saying that isn't true, although I think it, there is some truth to it or how they say when there's a full moon you know, women are going to birth or <laughs> the hospitals are yeah. more full in the labor and yeah. delivery. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's amazing. And then somebody was, and I was, when I was in college, I continued my sort of obsession with um, female bodies and um, made this documentary with my friend about menstruation where I interviewed mm-hmm. people. It was kind of like a social commentary we wanted to know like what people thought and what mm-hmm. people knew and it was very interesting how little people knew about periods mm-hmm. um but um I forget where I'm going with this the woman the body you were studying the body you were obsessed yeah yeah just I think that's just what took me um took me down this journey to and so from there I kind of learned that that was called the divine feminism, mm-hmm. the, the divine feminine, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is kind of my spark. This is my spirituality. And that's um, at the same time I was going to design school. And so I was learning how to draw. Mm-hmm. And so I started studying tarot cards and um, just sort of doing my own thing at my little altar that I learned how to build and mm-hmm. I call it solitary witchcraft. It's Mm -hmm. just stuff I do on my own. I've tried joining like little covens and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I never found that to be my thing. And I just don't really, I'm like, I don't know. Um, So I just do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And um, it's given my life a lot of meaning, I think, that people get from religion. And so it's really accomplished that for me. Right. Since you hadn't found that right religion, despite traveling the world, right? Everyone has their own sense, I think, of spirituality. I, I completely agree, and I could kind of go off on the religion stuff too, because yeah, I'm sort of in the same spot. You know, I don't, I don't fit anywhere. <laughs> I don't fit anywhere politically, religiously. I'm just, but I'm happy I don't. You know, because I feel like I'm a unique person who believes in what I believe and believes, yeah, who knows how I feel and and what what my experiences were. But um, if you don't mind, I I want to share with you just two, I have two minor stories that I'm calling them minor because they're kind of light, you know, they're light and they're kind of like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I have like two or three deep ones that are like, ooh, like that's where I knew those were the deep ones are the flood of tears almost um, where you realize I'm connected to something bigger, you know, and, and Okay, so my first um, 
sort of lighter one. What it's some people are going to think it's silly, but I didn't because I knew. But I I was in L.A. Um, working on a show, and my friend Maura, she said, "You have to go see Peter. Peter's the best masseuse in all of L.A., and he's just so deep. He's this, he's that." So I go, I get a massage with Peter. And, you know, after you get a massage, you know, you're in your robe and you have, they bring you out water and you're sitting there. Well, Peter came up to me after and he's like, listen, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay. And he said, I was getting a very, very like deep psychic vibe off of you. And I just wanted to ask you, do you feel like you're psychic? And I was like, Peter, I think you're right. (laughs) Like I've had enough, you know, happen um, in my life. Um, to where, you know, yeah, I absolutely do think I'm at some degree much more in touch with my intuitive side. So, okay, that was, you know, one random thing that happened. The second random thing um, that's sort of on the light side was I was at a baby shower. And um, this was back in 2006. And it was for my friend Heather. And Heather's, you know, she's not like a girly girl in pink dresses. You know what I mean? Like, so no one knew what she was having. So everyone at the shower is like, she's having a boy. Heather's having a boy. And so I'm at the shower. I said, no, Heather's having a girl. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, Heather's having a girl. And then I said, Heather's having a girl on June 9th. And the shower was like in May. And Heather laughed and she's like, oh, Carol. She's like, my due date's June 6th, but um, the doctors say I'm dilating already. So I'm, I'm I'm not even making it to June 6th. And I said, well, your doctors are wrong. You're having a girl and you're having her on June 9th. <laughs> so I'll let you guess what happened. She had she had a girl on June 9th. And it was funny because in her announcement to everyone at ESPN where we worked about, you know, her birth, she she said, you know, I had a baby girl on June 9th. And then she goes, P.S. Carol Silver, please quit your day job. You're freaking me out. But it, it's kind of like you said, like you get this impulse, like this strong sense of, nope, I know. I know exactly what's going to happen. And it's funny because after that, you know, girls that I worked with at ESPN would come into my office and they're like, hey, I'm pregnant. So what am I going to have? You know, and I said, it's not how it works. You know what I mean? It's it's I, I it's just not how it works. Like I I get this strong feeling about someone or something and it always ends up spot on. Like it just like you're saying, it's an impulse. It just hits you out of nowhere. Days you don't expect it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you well, that's why you know that you are psychic, but then you can develop it and you can see like a psychic coach that can teach you how to channel it harness it harness it but you're right you're right some people can can do it on command and 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 some of us I cannot do it on command like I cannot but I had a a, I had a partner once who like for example could see auras yes yes and and just like see them whenever they wanted and that was I mean, it, and it, d- it did take them a little bit of practice. They had to like kind of close their eyes for a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was sort of a thing, but. Oh, I and I believe in that too, because, and I don't see auras, but I twice in New York City had somebody chase after me and say, excuse me, excuse me. You know, you're like in New York, so you're like, and you're a female, you're like, well, well you know, you're kind of startled. And. Two different times, probably 12 years apart, they said, I'm a psychic and there's an aura around you and there's major things happening, right? Like, like the first the first guy said, there's major things happening to you. And there was, you know, basically, 
you know, a, a lost love of mine had come back that day and I was kind of messed up in the head about it, you know, and I get out of the subway and he's chasing me going, there's something major going on in your life. And of course you shoo him off. He goes, you have this aura, you know, and I'm like, eh. but then I went home and I'm like, dude was right. You know what I mean? Like he just, this was a pretty, a very emotional, you know, disruptive day for me. And then another time I, again, it's always around the subway too. I don't know what that's about, but, um, I was walking past the 23rd Street entrance and I was going to meet a friend and um, it was a new friend and we became friends because she was dating a guy who I was very close with and that uh, guy had passed away and she and I never got to meet, but we knew of each other through him because we were both close to him. And so I was finally in New York, back in New York. I said, I'm going to come meet you at a coffee shop. And I got out of, I, I, not, I was walking by the subway and a guy came out of the subway, came running up to me. And he said, I need to talk to you. You have an aura. You have a strong aura around you. And I said, ah, I did the whole shoe off thing. Like, I don't know what's happening. Go away. And he's like, no, please. And he was begging me. He's like, please, someone's with you. Someone's with you. And I need to talk to you. And I was like, no, no, no. You know, so I went and I met my new friend and, and she started saying to me, you know, my love that I lost, that was your good friend. Like he sends me signs all the time. And my face went blank. And I said, oh my God. And I said, I, I mean, I said, I am so sorry, and I don't know how I'm going to tell you this. And she said, what? And I said, when I was walking here, like, I rehashed the story, and I said, a psychic came up to me saying, someone's with you, like, you have an aura, let me talk to you about it. And she melted, and she was like, it's it's him. He knows we're here together, you know, and he knows we're finally meeting, and we're okay. And, and she begged me, let's go walk the streets in New York. We need to find that guy, Carol. And I said, we're never going to find him, you know, we're in New York. It was just, <laughs> it was such a deep deep moment that, yeah, I, I'm regretful that I didn't talk to him. But in, in terms of ours, I completely, completely believe in it because to have that happen twice on days that were really kind of special to me is kind of a uh, wild. Does it ever happen to you in dreams or is it kind of a day? No, day I don't day? think so. No, I'm not. The, like my niece, who's the Scorpio, a lot of hers are in dreams and then <laughs> the things happen. Um, but for me, it's just like, okay, here's here's my next one. This isn't the deepest one, but it's still kind of like, whoa, that's nuts. So I lived in a brownstone in New York City um, on the in the 80s on the Upper West Side. And when you walk down the stairs, you can either go right to Broadway, which is bustling with shops and fun, you know, or left to Riverside Drive, which is kind of boring. You know, it's just, you know, rich homes and there's a park, Riverside Park, but there's not much going on there. So for eight years, I would walk down those steps at the time, I had my Sony Walkman on. Okay, I'm aging myself, but still. So I had my Sony Walkman on because I was always listening to music. I'd walk down the brown, so I'd always go to Broadway because that's where the action was. And then one day, I don't know why, don't know why, I just decided I'm going to walk the other way. And I walked the other way towards Riverside. I started walking down Riverside Drive. And lo and behold, I see a guy get hit by a car. Um, he's like, you know, in his biker gear. And the, the person who hit him took off. Like it was a hit and run. So this guy's laying on the ground next to his bike and, you know, a couple of doormen ran out and I leaned down next to him and I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? The doormen are calling 911. He said, I'm okay, but I'm not going to move my neck and my back. I want to make sure I'm okay. I said, okay. I said, is there anyone I can call for you? Like a friend, you know, he goes, yeah. He said, I'm supposed to have dinner with my parents in three hours. And he goes, can you call them? And I said, yes. And I said, what's your phone number? What Or what's their number? And he said, 908. I said, okay. And he said, 232. And my face dropped. And I said, you're from my hometown. Like, he's from my hometown. <laughs> and, you know, that's a Westfield, New Jersey uh, 
you know, exchange. And I grew up, you know, in that area. And I lived in Westfield just the years before with my brother. And I'm like, what are the chances that the one time out of eight years, I walk the other way and I'm there to help a guy from my hometown? Yeah, it's, that is a wild story. It's a little, it, yeah, it's like something, some energy made me walk that other way. And then, you know, lo and behold, there's, there's who I was, um, helping. Yeah. Yeah. It's little stuff like that, that just reminds me that it's literally, we are so connected in these, in these different ways you know it's like acupuncture mm-hmm. Pope, stick a needle here and it heals something on the other side of your body exactly. and it's just the most subtle magic you're like what uh i'm a big oh. believer a big believer in acupuncture absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. It's like what is that i'm like i asked my acupuncturist like what is going on here and she's like well we're just you know you need more like wood energy or you know so i'm tapping into your, you know, lung channel. And I'm just like, what? It's, 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 it's remarkable. And, you know, when I went to acupuncture, I would, I had hyperthyroidism, which meant my body was running super fast, you know, like, you know, I could eat six Big Macs and I was, you know, 102 pounds. Um, but I, it was very dangerous because you hypothyroid isn't as bad. Um, but hyper means your heart rate's going, your metabolism's like 10 times as fast. So I didn't know, you know, anyway, I got diagnosed and I went to an acupuncturist and, you know, obviously when you're running so fast, you have stomach issues and everything else, like your body's just on overdrive. And he would put all the needles in me and he'd say, do any hurt? And I'm like, you know, none of them hurt, none in the head, none on the legs, nothing. The only one that hurts is right here, like in the crux of my thumb. And he's like, that's your stomach. And that's why it hurts because, you know, your body's running so fast, your metabolism and you're having stomach issues. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it just. It is. It's it's all connected in such a greater, greater sense. But um, OK. All right. Here's the next one. We're going deeper. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. OK. So it was I don't know, probably around 2014. I couldn't sleep one night. So like. You know, I, I migrated to the living room couch because I was on my phone, of course, when you can't sleep. That's what you do, which is the worst thing to do, but we all do it. Um, and so I migrated to the living room couch because I didn't want to keep my husband up. And I do, you know, what everyone usually does, but no one confesses to it. You start Googling like people and stuff because you're bored and it's 2 a.m. And I don't know why, but I, I had a thought of my childhood home. Uh, in New Jersey. And I thought about how the kids used to walk to school. All of us would walk to school. And there was just all these neighborhood kids from surrounding blocks who would walk by every day and you'd kind of wave. You weren't really friends with them, but they were just the neighborhood, you know, like the around your six block radius of your home. And and I started thinking about those people. And I'm like, whatever happened to these? You know what I mean? Like people, because they weren't friends who I'd be friends with online. Um, so I started Googling one. Okay. I saw what she does. I'm like, oh, that's nice to know. And then I Googled one of the guys and he was older than me. Like he was my brother, older brother and older sister's age. So I didn't know him too personally. I just knew he lived in the hood and, you know, would walk by my house occasionally. And I Google him and he had just been tragically killed in a car accident five hours earlier, like a car incident in New Jersey. Yeah. The article was just posted. So I'm on LA time and it's like 2 a.m. my time. So, you know, the accident happened at like 10 or 11, you know what I mean? Like, uh, East Coast time. So everyone on the East Coast, no one knows he's gone yet. 
you know, from my neighborhood, like any, but I'm sitting here in LA time behind and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have not thought of this guy in 30 years, but I thought of him tonight. I Google and I see the article. So right away, because I said, you know, no one's going to believe me. Like I I texted my older brother and sister and I said, I want to let you know, you know, I'm making up a name, but Joe Thompson, you know, he was tragically killed last, you know, a couple hours ago. Um, you're going to read about it later on today on Facebook, but I want to let you know it happened and it's so sad and I'm sorry to hear this. And my sister writes back, she goes, how do you know? Like, what? Like, we haven't heard of this name in 30 years. Like, how do you know this happened? And I told her, I just had a thought of him, you know, like from childhood, it came to me, Googled to see what he ended up doing for a living or whatever. And he's gone. And my sister's like, you are a freak. Like, you're a freak, you know? And, but it's, <laughs> that's, those are the times where I'm like, this is too much. Like this is, this is intuition, right? Am I crazy? Mm-mm. No, that's, that's real for sure. Yeah. You should probably develop your psychic gifts. I, you know, have, a, have an aptitude. And so. I know. And I want, I mean, there's a part of me that wants to, but then I have this friend, uh, he worked with me at ESPN. He's older. He's like a total great hippie guy from, you know, he went to Woodstock. He did all that stuff. And he's he's read about all this. And he would hear my stories at work, some of them small stories, some of them big stories. And he's like, you can channel this. Like, you can go to someone like you're saying. He said, however, you might lead a very complicated life because you might know too much. You know what I mean? Like, like these these incidences enough leave me in tears and let me know like I shouldn't have thought of that guy randomly when I had insomnia while he was dying, you know, like and then I see he died. I just it's just too much. OK, and then I have one more. This one. This one was the flood of tears big time. Um, and yeah, this one this one is is probably the deepest one for me. But you know, all those years I lived in New York, which by the way, speaking of magic, such a magical place. There's magic in I those sidewalks. Right. It's the best. Is there's no better place for channeling your creativity. And when you walk around those sidewalks, I've had friends visit me who had never really been to New York. And I remember we leave my place, we're walking, and my one friend Elizabeth, she said, I feel different here. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, just as we're walking. And I said, you feel different because it's New York and because of the the deep history and the first people that came here who built half of what we have in this country. And you know what I mean? And the different ethnicities yeah. and it, and the melting pot. Like, it, it's, there's magic in the sidewalks in New York. Um, and the subway. For sure. Right? So powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> now people just, you know, don't like it. And it's like, there are things not to like about the subway, of course, but it's, I, I the New York subway is one of my favorite places to be. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It, I mean, I have only visited New York, so I haven't had to like commute. Right. But right. I spent long periods of time with my friends who decided to move there out of college. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time wandering around New York. So I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. And it- I was just, places I will tell you too I lived there for I don't know I lived and worked there for about 15 years every day that's what I did I put on my music and I wandered that city and I never got sick of it I never I there was always something new to discover in 15 years and my roommate will tell you I walked every day you know like I just would go down new blocks oh look at this shop look at this house look at the history of this it's it's such an amazing place but um so I was in New York uh, in a coffee shop 
And, you know, I was writing some of my scripts because I was trying to sell movie scripts years ago. And they were very, um, some of them were children's scripts, but they were very girl power oriented, like, you know, for little girls, like empowerment type things. And I'm sitting there in the coffee shop and I'm like, how did I like, how did I get onto this theme? You know, I mean, I know I'm female, but like, how is this such a thing for me to try to empower little girls? And I'm like, what's the root of this? And I said, you know, and I'm sitting there in New York and I'm like, it was probably sixth through eighth grade because I had this social studies teacher, Mrs. Petrick, and everyone was scared of Mrs. Petrick. All my girlfriends are like, oh my God, we're still scared of her. Okay. I wasn't like she, Mrs. Petrick was basically a feminist before we kind of knew what a feminist was, you know, like she was very outspoken and she was, and she was great. She was so vain about her appearance and you know what I mean? She'd be like, I'm so fat. Meanwhile, she's not like, she's, you know, like she just, I mean, I still remember she would keep on her, um, uh, chalkboard, Sandra Day O'Connor written because she was the first female Supreme Court justice. Um, and she, she never wanted us to forget that. So anyway, she was just a special person. And long story short, in eighth grade, you know, we're getting towards eighth grade graduation and all the boys, we had a small class, it was only like 30 kids. All the boys turned against me and they started calling me Queen B. And they started saying, oh, Carol's Queen B. You think you're so cool, blah, blah, blah. And it was, you know, disheartening and it was sad and it's graduation. It's supposed to be a happy time. Well, we were lined up to rehearse for graduation. Mrs. Petrick caught wind (laughs) that the boys were kind of, you know, bullying me and calling me Queen B and trying to get people to turn against me. Mrs. Petrick went off. I'll never forget it. She had her dangly bracelets and she, her heels, and she was walking up and down the line of all the kids going, don't you dare make fun of Carol Silver. It's called leadership. It's called this. And you can't stand it because it's a girl. And I'm like, oh, shiz. Like, and all the guys are sitting there, you know, because we're in the eighth grade. Um, and so I never forgot that, you know, I, I sat there in this coffee shop. I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful. You know, like that's probably sort of the root of, of where this all started for me. And so I finished my writing and I had to go to the store called Filene's Basement, which I never went to. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like a, a bad version of Target. Everyone's in there, there's stuff all, Target's much more organized. It was just disorganized and gross, but I was being a bridesmaid in a wedding and they wanted us to wear stockings. Don't get me started, okay? Cause I refuse to wear them anymore. But this was back in, this is a while ago. So I'm like, I don't even own stockings, but I'll guess I, I'll go to Filene's Basement and get some. So I walk two blocks. I never go to the store. I can't stand the store. And I go downstairs to the, you know, hosiery department and I'm in there. And this little, little, little elderly woman approaches me. She's in her late 80s. And she's like, excuse me, do you know where the Spanx are? Well, I try not to laugh because she's about 89 and she's looking for Spanx. Okay. She goes, I don't know what they are, but I have a family thing to go to. And my daughter-in-law say I need Spanx. And I'm like, okay. So I helped her find the Spanx, you know, which was so cute. And she kind of, you know, was very, you know, had a hard time walking. She walks away and, and she goes up to the cash register. You know, Filene's is bustling. There's people all over. And I stood there in the hosiery section and I said, that's Mrs. Patrick. Okay. Now, mind you, I grew up in a different state in New Jersey. <laughs> I'm in New York City. Like, she lived in New Jersey. So I'm like, that's Mrs. Petrick who just came up to me, who I was just thinking about five minutes ago in the coffee shop. So I went up to her and she's standing online. And I said, excuse me. I said, are you Mrs. Petrick? And she said, why, yes, I am. And I said, Mrs. Petrick, it's Carol Silver, you know? And then we both started crying. And the bottom line is, I mean, uh, 
I grew up in New Jersey. You know, this was New York City, probably 30 miles away or so. Um, I had no idea she had moved when her husband passed away into the city. No idea. We're both in Filene's basement on the Upper West Side at the same time. There's all these other women in the hosiery section she could have gone up to and asked, you know, can you help me find Spanx? But she was drawn for some reason to me, you know. And and then lastly, I'd just been thinking about her five, ten minutes earlier when I was writing my script. And that was that is the flood of tears. And I I started sobbing. She started sobbing. And we paid for her Spanx and we went and sat by the American Museum of Natural History. There's like benches in a park and we sat there and caught up for hours. And it was so emotional. And I left and I remember emailing all my girlfriends I grew up with because they were scared of Mrs. Patrick. And I'm like, you are not going to believe what just happened. So I just want to say for anyone out there who does not believe energies and karma and that we're all connected and that certain people are connected more, this this proves you wrong. It's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Carol, you need some tarot cards or or just, you know, I don't know. I would love to see you. I don't know. Do something with this because you're, you're very powerful, clearly. Oh, I mean, you. it's scary, you. though, right? It's a little bit like yeah. it is a gift. I know it's a gift. But at the same time, you know, that that was an emotional day. I mean, that's just too otherworldly. Like, that's so beyond, you yeah. know, us. It just. That's so cool. I mean, I just think that also, you know, I feel like my dad is always like, how can you monetize that? And that's my dad's mm-hmm. voice in my head. Mm-hmm. But you can also just enjoy, you know, having that gift and, and letting it guide you mm-hmm. and letting other people if it sparks you and but you know I have a friend his name is David Petrusich mm-hmm. and he's he's a psychic mediumship um guide he's mm-hmm. a coach mm-hmm. he's he's very very cool and how he you know he teaches you about all the different clairs and you know how mm-hmm. about the different ways that people are psychics and mediums and it's it's very interesting because you can really feel yourself like, oh, I am clairaudient. I hear things or I, right. you know, I, I'm this way or that way. It's just very, it's interesting. It's helpful and it, it might interest you a lot. Yeah, so it, it might. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna. Yeah. And the, yeah. And, and, and the other thing to just share some humor. I mean, the other thing I always think of too is, um, and we, we, we might have to do a whole nother episode on this because I know we have so much more to talk about. But like, I think animals are fascinating. And I think regardless of what your religion is, regardless of what you think about life and death, I have this theory. OK, and someday we're, we're never probably going to be able to tell each other if it's true because we might not be alive when we figure it out. But um, I have this theory that some animals are messengers like I have. I just I just have this theory um, that animals are here to give us messages, not all animals, but many, kind of like how dogs have that deeper scent. You know, they say dogs can sniff out cancer. Dogs can, you know, do these amazing things. And um, and I think the same thing about cats. And I think the same thing about birds, which I have a whole other story about what birds mean to me. And it's funny that your name is Wren, by the way. Birds. Uh, yeah. And And it's funny. So, but the crazy thing is, I'm a really nice person, I think, 
dogs can't stand me. Dogs and cats can't stand me. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Like, because you know, people say that's a sign of a bad person. If dogs and cats don't like you, then you're a terrible person. I said, no, no, no. I think they sense I have the sense like they do a little bit. And I think they're weirded out by me. That's my, that's my, <laughs> and I, I it's, it's what? That's gotta be it. Cause that's I said, I sit down and I'm nice to, well, not cats. I don't like cats, but dogs. I sit down, I do the whole high pitch, hi, Rover. And they're like looking at me like, get away. Like they're just, so I'm convinced we're both, both deeply into our senses. But uh, I mean, to redeem myself, babies love me. So dogs and cats are freaked out by me. But like, I, I'm telling you, Ren, I'll go, I'll go into the bank and I'm just hanging out and like, Babies are craning out of their stroller to like make eye contact and be like, what's up? So I'm a baby person and I'm fine with that. It redeems me. I can't be so terrible because dogs and cats hate me. But um, That's <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, someday, someday at our next time, I'm going to share the bird story because I mean, I hit upon it a little bit in my fertility episode, but the bigger part of it is so crazy that I just believe. I believe. And and I've had friends too. That's the other thing. Before my bird incidences started happening with someone who I loved who's deceased now, um, my friends would come to me. Like one of my, you know, friends has a story about a butterfly. And it's so remarkable that I'm like, that is, that is your dad, you know, coming to you, letting you know everything's okay. Like there's just these weird circumstances to it where she's like, had this overpower feeling, you know, that there shouldn't be a butterfly in New Jersey in February, but there was one and it was at my back door. And then it came to my front door when I went to check my mail. You know what I mean? Like just crazy wow. things where I'm like, you know, there's something about animals. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> animal world. Yeah. I just, um, a quick little story. I, yeah. I have a, a parakeet. I have two parakeets that they're like my little soulmates Aww. and one is very old and sick and I keep wondering, you know, do you want me to keep you alive or yeah. not? And I can't tell. Um, so I called this, um, my tattoo artist actually had told me about this, this woman who connects with the animal world. She just does it remotely. So she's, she's in Olympia, I think, or, um, and I'm, in federal way in Washington. So um, I was like, we set up an appointment and she was like, you don't even need to be there. I'm like, but you're not even, we're not even doing a video or anything. And and she's like, no, I'll just, just tell Jules, I'll connect with her at 3 p.m. and tell her why and um, then go about your day and I'll send you the recording. And the mm -hmm. recording she sent me was this amazing conversation with Jules that was spot effing on. It was mm -hmm. the things that she and she and it was like Jules is showing me pictures and mm -hmm. sounds stuff like that. So that's how animals connect. But mm -hmm. my was like it really felt like she was tapping into the animal world. Right. And I was like, that's what? That's exactly that what it felt like. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like a whole thing, a different. Yeah. Like, it sounds like she's like the animal whisperer, you know, like she knows more so yeah. what they're feeling and thinking. And, and yeah. And I have a cousin who's who's I mean, she's not I wouldn't say an animal whisperer, but she's very into animal. You know, like it's funny how animals take to some people, you know, so deeply. Um, they have that yeah. natural thing. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, yeah, I believe in all that. So I, I'm, I am so glad we did this because so many people in my life, my niece, her friends, they have me keep lists of all the freaky things that happen. And I've just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. But um, yeah, and um, I am so, okay, so are we saying, okay, so just to, 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 to kind of resolve this for my nieces and for my sister who tells me I'm freaking anyone else, like you think there's something right there. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Your stories are, they are not Normal. common stories to yeah. hear. Yeah. The, okay. the whole thinking of someone, I mean, I think it happens to a lot of people, yeah. but not to the extreme precision that, that you display. Thank so, you. And, and yeah. that's exactly what I mean. Because I hear people say, oh, I thought of a song from 1970 and that came on the radio. I'm like, okay, yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but... <laughs> But you don't think of someone and then see that something tragic just happened to them when you haven't thought of them in 30 years or my Mrs. Petricks. I mean, that's just it's like I felt that she was in the store, you know, two down from me. And I started thinking about her and then she comes. Up to, it's it's crazy stuff. So anyway, we could talk for hours and we probably will because I feel like we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. But um, your Instagram again, like what's your, is your Instagram and your um, website are probably your biggest things. Yeah, my website, darkdaystarot.com. And then I'm on Instagram as Ren Renaissance with a W, but mm -hmm. there's an underscore between my name and the rest of the word Assance. So got it. You know, like play on the on the word Renaissance. I love it. Yeah. Which and I'm also Renaissance on TikTok as well. Oh, so so I'm it's an artist and kind of a witchy person. So there's like spell stuff. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of art and tarot cards and things mm -hmm. like that. And now where's your art? Is that on your website? I was on your website, but I didn't tool around as much as I wanted to. Yeah. It's, okay. And, yeah. It, and it's for, is it for sale? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Tarot deck for sale and their prints for sale. And, and um, follow me on the socials because I am currently in kind of a blooming phase creatively. So I'm, I've got more things coming out besides oh. like. Besides tarot cards and magical stuff. Oh, good for you. I mean, oh. oh, I love it. I love it. That's great. And I, I'm I'm excited for you. And I know everything's going to work out for you personally. And like you said, just what you just said, new chapters and, you know, and. Yeah. And stories like yours to help, you know, remind me, like, just keep going. Just That's keep going. Yep. Just so keep going. 100%. And so. Um, people can buy your cards, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tarot cards and um, I have two different decks. So one is based on the moon. It's called Dark Days. Mm -hmm. And the other one's inspired by the earth slash creativity slash motherhood, parenthood, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, mother Tarot. Okay. So and the sisters, they look alike. One's black and white. One's full color. So. Okay, great. Check them out. We will check them out. I'm going to buy them. I'll probably buy a piece of artwork too, especially with us having the Cancerian July uh, yes. deep intuitive, yes, connectedness. Um, so for sure, um, I look forward to everyone checking it out. And I mean, I, I feel like we're going to need to do a follow-up, Ren. And the reason I say that is because I know the people who were excited to listen to this episode, and I know they're going to come to me and be like, hey, um, <laughs> this is what happened to me, because uh, I've already had them come and do that. So maybe we'll regroup again. And, and I mean, are you available for people to, you know, hire you to do a reading or how does that work? Um, or not yet? 
rarely, I rarely do readings, but in spe- on special occasions I do. So if someone is um, really feeling super connected to me as a energy, mm-hmm. you know, send them, you know, I'm Ren at darkdaystarot.com is my email. Okay. So I'm always, I love to get, I love to connect through email. It's a very um, personal space. Mm-hmm. I love post to social media, which I think is a little bit crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, send me an email and I love to make friends that yeah. way and see what, you know, but I also know a lot of readers as well. So right. if I'm like, well, you're looking for, if you're looking to like connect with your, you know, deceased person, mm-hmm. I, I can send you to this person. Right. Or if you're looking to, you know, I'm very much, um, I'm a sort of a blend of intuition and then um, it's almost kind of a coaching um, mm-hmm. style that I have, which mm-hmm. is like here's what the cards are telling me to tell you mm-hmm. um, as far as like what steps you might want to take. That's how my readings show up. Like if you're looking to make a choice, I can right. help you map out steps. But that's how my style is. And if that's yep. how if people are really into that. Yep. I love that. Um, yeah, because listen, we have choices every day, right? And sometimes, I don't know, in the scope of a life in a year or so, and when you're an adult, you probably have like three major choices to make, right? You know, am I going to yeah. move? I know you've moved. I've moved. Like, you know, are we going to have a baby? Are we going to stay together? Are we going <laughs> to everything? Yeah. 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 Well, well, it was such a delight to talk to you and um, and connect with you. I'm so glad I stumbled upon the article that profiled you because, you know, it profiled other people too, but it was, it was your profile that made me say, okay, Ren and I need to know each other. (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel the same way about you. I feel like there's a connection, you know, there's a cosmic connection here. And when I started listening to your story, I'm like, this is so, this is so such a cosmic connection. Mm -hmm. I felt it. I was like, okay, this is really cool. I would love to continue our conversation. You're a joy to talk to. You know, I I love talking to New Yorkers. Oh gosh. Cause we're nuts. People from New York are the best people. That's the other thing about New York. They are. They are. They come across as brash. Yeah. They come across as brash. You go to visit and you're like, oh my gosh, they're so brash and rude. They're not. They're the first ones who will run to your defense in any scenario that I've actually witnessed with my yeah. own eyes. Yeah. Whereas when I'm in L.A. and I see someone in distress, like everyone stands there and watches. I'm like, why are you doing something? <laughs> the New Yorker in me comes out. I'm like, call 911. You go wait in the street for the ambulance. I'm like, everyone's yeah. just sitting there. Yeah. New York. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's an I could tell you stories about that, too, but it's a it's a. It's a special, special place. Magic in the sidewalks. And next time you go, um, I have to give you my list of places to go that, you know, for some reason aren't in tourist guides. Um, some of them are like cool restaurants, you know, and things that the locals do. Um, but there's there's so much history in downtown Manhattan. It's wild. I mean, you can go to some of our oldest cemeteries and and you read the headstones and it's like this. I mean, everyone lived to maybe 42 max. Um, and you know, and it says what they did, like John Peter Allen came over and you know what I mean? He invented this, he did. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then Alexander Hamilton's grave is there with his wife's grave and everyone throws pennies on it. And for good luck, I don't know if you know this, but because he started, you know, our financial system. And so it's like, you know, if you need good luck in that way, it's just, um, 
And then, of course, it's right next to the World Trade Center. So there's this whole area of downtown Manhattan. You're like, wow, that's Alexander Hamilton's former home. You know, it's just it's yeah. you feel the history as you walk through. Um, yeah. Best place yeah. ever. But anyway, well, Ren, we will um, add all your socials to our post when we post the show, too. Um, it was such a delight meeting you. We'll talk offline. We'll talk about everything else we have to talk about. Um, and I'm so great to connect with you. So, Thank so you. grateful. Thank you. Me too. All right. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, everybody. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Hollywood Sports Mom and like our episode and go to HollywoodSportsMom.com and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Perfect. Cut. Cut. Yay. That was awesome. That was so fun. It was Thanks. fun. Yeah. It was fun. Thanks. I'm excited for.